Welcome to the One in One Podcast, where below average podcaster chats with an above average athlete. I'm your host, Bridget B. My guest today is Kenzie Kent, the incredible two sport athlete that played both ice hockey and lacrosse at Boston College from 2015 to 2019, was drafted into both professional leagues, and also currently coaches lacrosse at Harvard. We certainly have a lot to talk about. Kenzie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Bridget. Of course. It's, it's an honor to talk to you. This is the first time I was completely overwhelmed writing down statistics because oh. there's so many. Oh, wow. So you grew up in Norwell, Massachusetts, which is about 30 minutes outside of Boston. Are you a big fan of all the Boston sports teams? Oh, yeah. Huge fan. Um, Patriots, Bruins, to be more specific. I'm, I'm huge fans of the Patriots. And um, yeah, it's a great city to be in when you are a fan of sports in general. Yeah, you guys win too much. I'm not a fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't lie about that. Yeah, right? <laughs> and you guys just got Cam Newton the other day. What the heck? Yesterday. I know. Hey, gosh. Oh, we were getting nervous for a little bit there. <laughs> Incredible. You come from a very large family. You're actually one of six kids. Where do you fall in that birth order? So I am the third oldest. I have two older sisters, two younger sisters, and a younger brother. Okay, wow. So kind of in the middle. Nice. Yeah, yeah, a little bit in the middle. And you weren't the only athlete in your family. Your mom, who's actually an assistant coach for a Boston College lacrosse team, played herself at Colby College. Your sister Callahan played lacrosse at Vanderbilt. Your brother Parker is playing lacrosse at Lehigh. And another sister, Addison, currently plays lacrosse at Boston College. So you guys must have had some battles in the backyard growing up. Oh, yeah. Growing up, we were in the backyard every single day. Um, And actually, yesterday, we had a little pickup game with all my little cousins at the Uh beach. So everyone everyone is into lacrosse in my family, which is helpful. (laughs) I can't imagine how beat up the net was. You guys must have had to change the netting every few months. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like 20 years old, this net. <laughs> <laughs> so now, did you get into lacrosse through your mom? Um, yeah. So my mom actually coached. She started the high school program in the town I live in right now, Norwell. Um, and so we just, gr- growing up, we, we went to all of her games, all of her practices. Um, and yeah, that she's like the sole reason all of us started playing. She created her own little team. Exactly, I know. <laughs> and now, how did you get into ice hockey? Uh, see, that one, my grandfather says that he brought me to my first practice, and it was actually not even a practice. It was like a free skate. Um, so he kind of, he played hockey when he was growing up, and then he also played in college for a few years. Um, so he was the only one in my family that actually knew about hockey, played hockey at all in my whole extended family. So he kind of got me onto it. And then all my siblings ended up playing for at least a few years. Oh, wow. So now, did yeah. you know how to skate before you played hockey? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Barely. Yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a slow learning process, but it was, yeah, it was tough learning how to skate. Yeah. Hockey, I feel like is one of the harder sports to learn because first you have to learn how to skate and then you have to learn the sport. Yeah, there's like so much that goes into it. I think it's the hardest sport, um, in my opinion. Absolutely. To to learn at least, to learn how to play. Yeah, for sure. And for girls, ice hockey is really not that popular. No, not at all. I I would say it's popular in four states maybe, but there's only like 
there's not a lot of Division One teams too, which I mean, I think that goes to show how it's not really spread out at all. Yeah, that's that's for sure. So there's a lot of teams in the Northeast and a couple in the Midwest. I mean, I'm sure there's more, but just speaking from myself, not knowing obviously as much as you, I feel like that's kind of where they are. Yeah, exactly. No, that's you're totally spot on with that. So now, how was it balancing those two sports as you were growing up? Yeah, I, I mean, for me, I played um, soccer in the fall, hockey in the winter, lacrosse in the spring, and in the summer, I played both hockey and lacrosse. Um, and it, I truly just enjoyed running around to the rink, and then I'd go to lacrosse practice, and then, you know, I was, I was playing, going to like two different practices a day. And for me, I just truly enjoyed it. Um, so it wasn't something I really thought about much. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was hectic, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Did you have a favorite sport as a kid? I was like obsessed with hockey growing up and even in high school. Um, so I would say that was my favorite sport growing up. And then I, it started off with lacrosse. And then as I got more into hockey, played club and everything, it became I would say my favorite sport because it, it consumed me the most. We played pretty much year round, so. That must have killed your mom. <laughs> I know, right? I know. <laughs> she loved hockey, too. She actually coached um, my team when I was like U12s or U10 or something, and she didn't know anything about hockey, but she was a great coach. So huh. she would coach from the bench. She, wouldn't, she didn't know how to skate. but That's cool. Fact, I guess if you know enough about the actual sport, you can still coach it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's, it was awesome. Very cool. Now, did you have very early ice times for hockey? Oh, yeah, like 6 a.m., 5 a.m. It got better as I got older, but when I was young, they didn't care what time they were putting us on the ice. Oh, that's crazy. I'd be out. I'd be like, nope, not for me. I know. I know. <laughs> I can't imagine. I can't imagine doing it again. Yeah, I guess when you're little, I guess it's not so bad, but me in my 20s, I, no way. Absolutely yeah, not. No, no. <laughs> For high school, you first attend Thayer Academy, which is a boarding school in Massachusetts, and then later you transfer to another boarding school in Noble and Greeno. First off, how did you like boarding school? Um, so I actually, so Thayer was um, a day school, but the Noble's, what, Noble and Greeno school was boarding school, so I boarded there, okay. um, and it was it was awesome. I mean so much better than having a long commute. I was able to wake up and go to school and then, you know, do the boarding school things where you just kind of walk. It's like college almost mini college. Um, and I think it was, it was just so much fun getting to know people just you have dorm parents. Um, and we had a, like, it was a small little cult that we had just people who lived on campus. Cause there was only about 75 of us at the time. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it was awesome. I, I absolutely loved it. And you're right. It is kind of good preparation for college because once you get to Boston College, you're kind of used to living on your own. Yeah, exactly. And, like, just living with a roommate, that's always hard to get used to when you get to college. And I think I was I was able to get used to that in high school, too. Just living with other people, it's, it's always an, an adjustment. Yeah, for sure. And now at this point when you're in high school, is your mom coaching college and she's not coaching the high school anymore? Yeah, so she's been at uh, BC for, like, this next year will be her 15th year. Oh, okay. All right, so it's been a while. Yeah, so she was um, coaching in college when I was in high school, and, I mean, that was, like, 
a, a dream for all of us being able to hang out with all the college girls, like at their games, practices, and just look up, have role models on a daily basis. Chestnut Hill, that must be pretty close to Norwell. So it, Chestnut Hill is like 45 minutes away from Norwell, which is, was awesome for me and my sister and my parents, my family. Nice. A bit of a commute for your mom, but as far as going to college and going to games for you guys, not bad at all. Right, exactly. So why did you end up transferring in high school? Uh, so I actually applied to Nobles um, for my freshman year, but I didn't get in. So I went to Thayer and all my aunts and uncles, my mom, um, my great aunts and uncles, my cousins, everyone went to Thayer. Uh, so it was just like perfect for me. It was like 25 minutes away from my house. Um, they had great, great lacrosse, pretty good hockey. But I, at that point in my life, I was really into hockey and I wanted to, Nobles was it's kind of a powerhouse in that sense. So I really wanted to go to Nobles, but then obviously I didn't get in. So Thayer was the next option. Um, and then I, at the end of my sophomore year, I was playing for um, a team called Assavit Valley, which is an ice hockey team, club team. And all those girls went to Nobles. So I think after my freshman and sophomore year at Thayer playing for Assabit, I got way better at hockey. Um, my grades were good at Thayer, and I got another. I got an opportunity to um, try to get into Nobles again, and it, it worked out. Oh, good for you. Yeah. And speaking of Assabit Valley, you guys actually won three national championships during your time there. Yes, we did. And in 2014, you scored the winning goal. Must have been incredible. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, actually, <laughs> it was awesome. That was my senior year of high school, I think. That's awesome. Great way to yeah. go out. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and now, overall, phenomenal career in lacrosse, too. You were a four-time All-League and a three-time All-American. Nuts. Yeah, no, I mean, I had a really good team. I had really good teams all four years, so... That's awesome. That always helps, yeah. Oh, yeah, it definitely helps. You also had the opportunity in hockey to play for the U.S. national team for the U18 World Championships, where you won two silver medals. What was it like playing for your country? I mean, that was a dream come true. I mean, I've always wanted to make the U.S. team, and originally I wanted to play in the Olympics. That was always a goal of mine. But um, being able to play at the World Junior Tournaments was just so surreal I couldn't believe it once I was there um and it was just a great learning experience overall I I'd, on every team I'd been on lacrosse hockey soccer I started played scored a lot of goals and I think it was it was a different experience being on the U.S. team because my first year I was on the fourth line and then um you know I got a decent amount of playing time but not that much playing time and then same thing the second year I played so I think it was just a great, humbling experience for me. Did you guys travel for those tournaments? Uh, yeah, we went to, um, so my first year we went to Finland, actually, which was, it was so cool. Oh, I mean, wow. it was, I, I never thought I would ever go there. And then uh, the second year we went to Hungary, Budapest. That's awesome to get to travel at such a young age. Yeah, I know. And with like, yeah, it was awesome. And my family actually ended up being, not my siblings, but my parents and grandparents actually came to both tournaments, which was, which was really nice to just have them there. 
you'll always have memories together. That's awesome. I know. Yeah, you're right. Especially in different countries. That's always like a cool thing to share with other people. Absolutely. So you're obviously having all the success in both sports. Now for college, were you thinking that you could play both sports in college? Uh, yeah. So during the recruiting process, I always, um, I always thought I was going to be just playing lacrosse in college. And then um, it was probably like my sophomore year, beginning of my sophomore year, I did a visit to BC and um, Acacia was like, oh, actually, Acacia's the head coach at BC. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, actually, uh, the hockey coaches want to talk to you too. And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know I was on their list. Um, and so, yeah, I committed to play both sports um at bc and i mean i knew it was gonna be really challenging but both the coaching staffs are just so awesome and helped make it way easier than i thought it was going to be i'm still amazed that you were able to do both we'll obviously talk about that shortly but for the recruiting process was it kind of short for you because were you always thinking all right i want to play for my mom at boston college uh no it was actually super super long i was so i just was so indecisive, didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, and it was really hard to make that decision. I know some people in my family were like, you know, it's, you're not going to have any free time. That's going to be really hard to juggle two sports and a rigorous academic uh, school. And so for me, like I, I waited till the last possible minute to make a decision. And then even then I was like, can I have another week to make a decision? And they obviously let me have that other extra week, but I was the last one to commit in my grade for uh, both hockey and lacrosse. Oh, wow. Really keeping everyone on their toes. <laughs> I did not know what I wanted to do. <laughs> I'm just curious. Did any other school tell you that they would re- they would allow you to play both sports? Or was that just Boston College? Uh, yeah. So I was, um, I was looking at Harvard to play both, Syracuse to play both, and then um, BC. And most schools don't have both hockey and lacrosse, so those are probably like the only um, three schools that I would have considered. So um, they're both good at hockey and lacrosse. That's what kind of what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I mean, I was surprised that they all would have let that happen. But well, you know, um, if you're I'm, good enough at both sports, both coaches want you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and there's that extra layer, as we talked about, not as many schools have a Division One women's hockey team, so that kind of really does narrow down the list. Right, totally. And especially a lot of the lacrosse schools are, I mean, they're all over the place, so. Absolutely. What was it that ultimately led you to pick BC? Um, so when I visited, I, I mean, my biggest thing was I wanted a good academic and athletic school. Um, but on top of that, like I wanted to really get to know the girls on the team and who, like, who I would be spending all of my time with. And I really wanted to get to know the coaching staff too. Um, so it, it ultimately came down to being close to home cause I'm really close to my family. Um, great academic, great athletics. And then just the the teams, both lacrosse and hockey, I just fell in love with the team, the cultures um, that both teams had, and also just the coaching styles, too. I think I was able to succeed, have so much success because the coaches allowed me to and um, really made it such a great experience for all of us. All good reasons to pick a school. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now I'm dying to know, what was it like playing for your mom at the college level? It was awesome. I mean, for me, I was in hockey season for seven months, the first seven months of the year. And then I had to switch over to a team that was in the middle of their season. Um, and I didn't, first couple of years, I, I didn't really know the lacrosse girls as well as I knew the hockey girls. I was so close to the hockey team, obviously, because that was the team I was on for the past seven months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, and we went to the frozen four three times. So being upset about losing in the frozen four, ending a season, and then having to start fresh with a team who's halfway through their season, it was always a little bit difficult, but having my mom there, it was just a familiar face. And um, she just always made me feel comfortable. And since she's a defensive coach, we didn't, I mean, she didn't coach me all that often because we tend, since I'm an attacker, we mm-hmm. tend to just split up and, you know, she's just coaching the defenders, but I don't know the girls. I mean, the girls on the team loved her and she's a hard coach. She's really hard on us, but um, she ultimately just wants us to do the best we possibly can. And it's obvious the way she coaches. That's probably good that you guys coached and played different positions. So <laughs> a little exactly. bit of a break there. Oh, it's a blessing in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> And now, was there was it ever a problem in the locker room because you were one of the coach's kids? Uh, no, I don't think – no, I don't think so. I mean, I hope not at least. Um, but, no, she she treated everyone equally. I mean, everyone loved her, so. Nice. At least that's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sure you would know, so. Yeah. Sure, it was fine. And now you mentioned the Frozen Four. Hockey, obviously a winter sport, and lacrosse is a spring sport. And the issue for you was you would always have so much success in hockey that, as you said, you joined late in the lacrosse season. It was really late at times. Yeah, yeah. It was often like the first week of April, second week of April, because the Frozen Four was always the last weekend of March. So, Yeah, and I mean, the final four in lacrosse is played like around Memorial Day. So, wow. Right. Yeah, like only a couple, yeah, a couple months with them out of the year. Now, how was your body playing? You know, you play a full season of a Division One sport, and then you add on half a season of another Division One sport. Yeah, I mean, I think it was kind of weird. The first few years, it really didn't bother me. Like, I mean, I, I don't know if it was there was just like a rush of changing sports, and I was just excited and. Well, I don't know what it was, but my body was honestly fine. Um, I did hurt my back. My I hurt my back my sophomore year um, lifting, and then you know I I rehabbed all summer for that, and then it came back like my fifth year actually. So, but other than that, I was healthy 100% of the way, and I completely different being in completely different shapes but I was able to um ease into it so wasn't as bad as you might think yeah yeah wow that's amazing and what I think is really interesting is a decision you make you use a redshirt year to ensure that you have a season where hockey is the solo focus and a season where lacrosse is the, the solo focus yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, I mean, once I um, before I committed, I knew that's what I was going to do at some point. I just didn't know which years I would do it. And 
and how I would do it if I would take hockey off first or lacrosse off first. So that was, I mean, it was a hard decision just deciding just the timing of it. Yeah, and why did you end up picking, I guess it's 2018 you decide to sit out for lacrosse. So 2018 you play hockey, 2019 you play lacrosse. Yeah, so originally I always wanted to do that. I wanted to um, play all four years of hockey and then do lacrosse my fifth year. Um, Just because hockey, it's really hard to take a full year off of hockey and then come back and be – uh, like it, you just can't really take a full year off hockey and be the same coming back. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot longer to get in shape and um, just your skills are just different. They're off for a lot longer than if you do that in lacrosse. Mm-hmm. So that was ultimately why um, a couple of times I, I thought I was going to change my mind because we had so much momentum with lacrosse um, going to the national championship in my junior year. Um, but ultimately it was, it was going to be better for me in the long run and, and the teams that I was on, I think. Um, so yeah, that's what led to my decision. Just, you know, the nature of being in shape for both of those, uh, seasons. Okay. Now we could honestly spend several hours going over all the success you had at Boston college, but I'll try to keep it short. So let's start with hockey. How does that sound? Great. That sounds great. Okay. Obviously, Boston College is an ACC school, but because the ACC doesn't have women's hockey, the conference you play in is the Hockey East Conference, and you play a lot of teams, as we talked about before, across the Northeast. Right, yes. And you play right away as a freshman in 2015, and actually in your first game, you even get you get an assist. Yeah, yep. <laughs> I was surprised by that, but... <laughs> oh, you shouldn't be surprised. Actually, you had more assists than goals, which I always find awesome. Yeah, no, yeah. I was definitely more of a an assister than a goal scorer. Yeah, always important. And another stat, and while this might not seem like, like it's important, I think it is important that you didn't spend many minutes in the penalty box. Yeah, no. I think I had, like, I don't... Uh, off the top of my head, I probably had, like, four penalties my whole entire career. Wow. But I don't know exactly. That's a good thing, though, because it means, you know, your team wasn't a man down. You were out there the whole time. Yeah, exactly. We joke, I have two nephews uh, out in Illinois that are starting to get into hockey, and uh, we joke that they're going to spend the majority of the game in the penalty box. (laughs) (laughs) Just a few. I have a few friends that got, like, one or two penalties every single game, and we always joke about them. Oh, that's funny. I know. You advanced to the Frozen Four freshman year, and then again sophomore year and junior year. What's that atmosphere like at the Frozen Four? Oh, it was it was like crazy. There was so many fans at each of those games. I mean, the first um, Frozen Four I went to was in Minnesota, so obviously that's like a hotbed for women's hockey, mm-hmm. hockey in general, but. It's probably the most popular state for women's hockey. So just off the bat, I mean, I that was the most nervous I've ever been playing in a, a game my freshman year. Um, I think, yeah. And so it was just awesome. I think also a lot of my family members were able to come. Um, and it was intense. It was just, yeah, it was so competitive. It's amazing. I think having that experience really helped me um, – 
you know, bring it over to the lacrosse, help bring it over to the lacrosse team too. For sure. And, you know, better to get your nerves out as a freshman in the first Final Four because you're going to go to like a bajillion more Final Fours in, in your career. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you mentioned, you know, a lot of your family went. I'm interested to know, was your mom able to go? Because obviously the lacrosse team is in season at that time. No, that's a great question. She was not. No, I remember actually they're they're at Syracuse that game. Um and she, our, we played on a Friday, and they were playing on a Saturday. And if we had won, she said she was going to come on Sunday for the championship game. But we didn't win that game. I think we lost by one um, versus Harvard. So she wasn't able to come that year. Um, but the thing with her, she kind of would do anything to come to any of our games. And we would pl- play a game in lacrosse, and then she would – after our game, she would drive to Lehigh and watch my brother play, and it'd be, like, just absurd how, how the extent she would go to just watch us play in person. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, because it's harder, obviously, because she's got her own team. But, yeah, that's great that she could get to as many games as she could. Yeah, no, it was impressive. Your sophomore year, another year you advanced to the Frozen Four. Interesting stat is that you actually had five game-winning goals, proving that you have the clutch gene. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all your sophomore year. Wow. Well, that's, a, that's a good stat. Yeah. And BC wins the Hockey East Conference Tournament. You guys make it to the national title game. You unfortunately lose to Minnesota 3-1. to Yep. Yeah, that was crazy. We were undefeated, I think. And then, yeah, it was... Um, four, we were 40-1 and one that year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Had you played Minnesota earlier in the year, or was that your first shot at them? Uh, no, that was our first shot at them. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, Minnesota's got a great program as well. Oh, yeah, they've had a bunch of national championships, and they send a lot of girls to the Olympics, too. Wow. Junior year, 2017, more of the same success. You win the conference tournament, make it to the Frozen Four, but this time you come up short in the semis to Wisconsin which has yeah. to be another program that is pretty oh, yeah. big in hockey. Right. Yeah, it's Minnesota and Wisconsin. Those are the two best teams. Wow. BC can't and- be far behind after all these <laughs> great stats I'm throwing at you. Yeah, they've had, yeah, they're just they're the two schools who have had multiple multiple national championships, but BC's right up there. We just haven't been able to win one yet. Okay, it'll it'll happen. I know. I hope so. That year in 2017, you actually get drafted into the NWHL, fourth overall yeah. by the Boston Pride. But yeah. you, you never end up playing professional hockey, correct? Yeah, no. I didn't. It was, the timing just wasn't right just for me because I was playing hockey. I mean, because I was playing lacrosse still. And I'm interested to know that you get drafted your junior year. So if you said, okay, yes, I'm going to play for the Boston Pride, you couldn't come back and play for BC your senior year. Right. I don't know. I don't actually don't know why that they always do the drafting a year before you're eligible to be on the team. Oh, uh, huh. yes. I don't really know why they why they do that, but they, they still do it. Um, but yeah, I guess you could. I don't think anyone has, though. Now, when you finish your lacrosse career, obviously we'll, we'll get into it. You were drafted by the national or the professional women's lacrosse league as well. Did you think maybe you'd give hockey a, hockey a try, or were you all in at lacrosse at that point? Um, yeah, originally I thought I for sure would have given hockey a try. Um, I just think my mo- momentum 
was with lacrosse at the moment. Um, and I wanted to try out for the U.S. team and just see how that would go with lacrosse. Um, and then I started coaching at Harvard and it kind of, one thing led to another and I'm, I'm just kind of all in on lacrosse right now. But I mean, I hope to play hockey again at some point. Oh, wow. Yeah. Who knows? You could be a professional player in lacrosse and hockey. Yeah, I could try that. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past you. Your senior year in 2018, this was the year you solely focused on hockey. So I'm sure, I'm sure your schedule opened up a bit. You had some more free time. Must've been nice. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and a whole spring. Nice. Which was nice. Unfortunately, this is the only year you guys don't make it to the Frozen Four. You get knocked out in the quarterfinals. Uh, it's a disappointing end, but a phenomenal career. Yeah, no, I think, uh, yeah, it was so much fun. And I think just hockey, we had so much success. It was, it was, it was tough to lose on a lower note. But when you take a step back and kind of look at what my class is able to do in our four years, it was just, I mean, it was amazing. Yeah, really incredible. And it was so much fun. Yeah, so many great experiences. I think about them all the time. That's awesome. And the most important thing is that you had fun. Yeah, right. You finished your career eighth all-time in points, fourth in assists, and you're actually first in games played at 157. Yeah. <clears throat> is that a record that still holds? I think so. I um I'm pretty sure I have someone beat by like one game. Yeah, it's it's but only been I, what two years, so we probably yeah, still have it. Two years. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <Hope>, yeah. <laughs> I think so. All right, now let's talk lacrosse. Yeah. <laughs> now you play in the ACC, which is a tough lacrosse conference. You know, Boston College is good, but you're going up about against Carolina, Duke, Syracuse, Notre Dame. It's very tough. Right. Yeah, it is. It's. I think it's the best league in the country. Oh yeah. Most competitive. guarantee that, right? I mean, I guess the Big Ten does have Northwestern and Maryland, but as far as competition, game in and game out, I bet it's ACC. Right. Exactly, yeah. You only play in eight games your freshman year, because as we talked about, you're playing hockey until practically April. But in those yeah. eight games, you still managed to score 22 goals. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd love to know this. Were you immediately inserted into the starting lineup once you were back with lacrosse, or did, you, or did it kind of take a couple games to ease you in? Yeah, I actually was. Um, I think I my first game back, I think my freshman year, I think it was against Duke. I don't know. I can't remember. But, yeah, I had, like, a full week of practice under my belt, but it kind of just threw me in. Um, I think they threw me in, like, after the first, like, 15 minutes or maybe in the second half of the first game. And then the next game after that, I, I think I started. But, um yeah, I mean, I, they they had a great amount of trust in me, which is awesome. But it it was hard that first two weeks. I I felt really awkward and out of place. But I bet you're probably like, where are my skates? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bet deep down it killed the coaching staff that they couldn't have you for all those like full four yeah. years because you're so good. In sophomore year, 2016, you're named to the Tuareton watch list after playing only 10 games, but you scored 18 goals and had 17 assists. So the stats you put out as playing not even half a season, I mean, are better than a lot of people's full season stats. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, 
We had such a great team, honestly. Yeah, Sam Apuzo, Dempsey Arsenal. Really great players as well. Oh, yeah. So much fun to play with. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, we'll talk about it, but you guys went one, two, three in the draft. Yeah. Junior year in 2017, this is where Boston College and yourself really make a statement for lacrosse. Again, you play a limited number of games, but you score 39 goals, you have 38 assists, and just 12 games played. The Eagles go on a run throughout the tournament. You actually end up crushing Syracuse after losing to them earlier in the year, and you beat right. USC to make the Final Four. Yeah, that was, that was, a, that was a Cinderella story. I mean, it didn't end what, how we wanted it, but that was... I mean, that was that came out of nowhere, kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was an amazing run. And, you know, at this point, you had already been to a few Final Fours in hockey. But still, obviously, you must be so excited to get there in lacrosse as well. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. It was the same level of excitement. I mean, it's, it's more exciting each year you do it. Absolutely. And now, were you someone that your teammates could kind of look to going into the Final Four? Because even though it was your first in lacrosse, it wasn't your first Final Four as far as you could talk to teammates about the nerves and all that? Right, yeah, I think I think um, they definitely looked to me a little bit in that situation just because they know, they know like, I've been to that level. I've, I've been on a team where we, we made it far. Um, and I think going into that weekend, I had just a little bit more confidence and I, I was a little bit more at ease than other people just because I think I had that experience and... I really do think experience is 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 huge in sports, um, and so I feel like I was I was able to um, calm people's nerves down a little bit. That's great. I'm sure you're a great leader in that regard. And you're right. Experience is key. Yeah, I agree. Now during that NCAA tournament. You broke the scoring record with 37 points in five games. And now the previous mark was 26. So you not only broke it, you kind of shattered it. <laughs> yeah. And as you mentioned, you, it didn't fit, you didn't finish it the way you wanted to. You guys make the title game but fall short to Maryland, who has a very dominant lacrosse program. Yeah. But one thing that's super interesting is you were named Most Outstanding Player, which was the first time in NCAA history the award didn't go to someone on the winning team. I know you would obviously rather have that championship, but still something you should be so proud of. Yeah, no, that was definitely, um, it was, I mean, I never expected to win that. Um, uh, but yeah, it was, it was amazing. And it was, I mean, I, I have, the best teammates ever and they were able to push me to be my best and encourage me to go to goal even though um I wasn't whatever it was like they're just so encouraging um for me during that whole weekend that's awesome and obviously you guys had pretty good team chemistry because you can't make a run like that if you don't right I think that was the biggest part I think we were so close off the field um obviously on the field but our team chemistry that year was one of the best team chemistry-wise uh, teams I've been on ever. Sometimes team chemistry beats talent. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. I think we beat a lot of te- really great teams because of our team chemistry that year. For sure. Now, the next year, 2018, this was the season that you had decided to redshirt lacrosse. 
BC still has a great year, though. They make it back to the Final Four and back to the championship. You were on the bench cheering them on. How hard was it, though, to watch it? And, you know, you had made this decision, but at any point were you like, I should be out there, I want to change my mind? Yeah, so I actually, um, I made a decision after my hockey season uh, to not actually go to any of the practices. Um, I went to every single game pretty much that was home, and I went to a few away games, but I didn't want to be on the bench either just because I didn't really want to take away from anything that was going on. Um, And I think if, you know, Acacia and the coaches said you can practice if you want, um, be a part of the team still somehow. And I just felt, I don't know what it was, but I just felt like it'd be better for the team for me to kind of um, just step away for the next couple of months. They were doing so well already and I didn't really want to shake anything up in any way. You're you're right. It was um that it was it was very, very, very difficult for me to sit and watch um just because I I wanted to be out there so bad. It was the first time in my entire life where I was sit watching from afar, watching my team from afar. I'd never been injured before. Um I'd never missed a game for either sport. So it was it was a very strange um, and hard experience for me watching from the bench or from the stands even. Yeah. I mean, it's very unselfish of you to not go to the practices to sort of not have that, not that you're a distraction, but you know what I mean, to not sort yeah. of have that. Pretty unselfish. And also a great time for you to just kind of rest your body. As we talked about, yeah. you didn't get much of that. Exactly. No, definitely. I think, but even like from... High school, I was I was doing more in high school than I was in college, and so it was probably my my entire like I can't remember the last time I had a full spring or full like <laughs> few months to just relax and not worry about training so much and um, not traveling every weekend and just kind of be a normal student for a little while. Um, and I it, it it was like hitting the reset button almost, and I think it got me ready to train really hard in the summer yeah i'm sure your body needed it and your mind as well yeah exactly no definitely and i think it's great that you then get a full season in lacrosse because as we mentioned the numbers you you're putting up playing half a season you really deserve a shot to go out there and give it your all for a full season and see what you can do yeah exactly that's i mean i really wanted that's exactly why i wanted to do it i just wanted to reach my at least try to reach my full potential in each of the sports. Was it almost weird for you in 2019 when you played the full season, when you were at probably for the first time, the preseason practices for lacrosse? Definitely. I think the fall, the fall season is, I think, the most underrated part about the sport. I think it's, for me at least, it was hard. Um, our practices were harder. They were at 6 a.m., like really early. Uh, you, tr- you just run so much more. You train way harder. Um, so I think it was, it was, um, I got so much, I learned so much about lacrosse that I didn't even know I didn't know. Like there's just so much to learn. Um, and I learned so much just about like having a great work ethic. I think as many girls on my team, and I'm sure in the lacrosse in general can say that, I can attest to this, that it's, playing a spring sport and having to train all fall 
so far away. You're you're having 6 a.m. practices, an hour conditioning, getting yelled at by your coaches, whatever it is. You're like, we're not playing till the spring. Like it's hard mentally, I think, um, playing a spring sport and having to train all fall for it. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting. Very necessary, but it's hard. I think that's cool that as good as you are, you were still able to learn things and you got better. Oh yeah. And I learned so, so much my fifth year. Amazing. Yeah. And at this point, your younger sister is on the team with you. What was it like playing with her? It was so much fun. I mean, Addie's the best when it, I mean, the best teammate you could ever ask for. Um, and she, we always joke, the coaches always joke. She's like, a fourth coach. She's so smart. She knows the defense so well. Um, she's always talking to my mom about what they should be doing, what she sees that they don't see. Um, and yeah, I mean, she, yeah, she's like one of the smartest lacrosse players ever. Wow. And now she plays defense. Yeah, she plays defense. Oh, so her and your mom must go at it sometimes. <laughs> oh yeah, they do. They do. <laughs> she gets pretty annoyed with my mom, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you lucked out of that one, huh? I really did. I did. <laughs> I tell I tell Addison that all the time. Just <laughs> <laughs> tell her, switch to offense. I know, she should. <laughs> BC again makes the Final Four. So that makes it six Final Fours that you've been to, technically, and five that you've played in. I can't yeah. imagine, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but not many people can say that they've been to five Final Fours. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'd be curious to see. I mean, maybe, you know, we talk about like UConn girls basketball where they're out there and where they're there every year and there's a red shirt fifth year. Absolutely. But I'm talking like two sports. I can't see it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Once you're there at the final four, you guys beat ACC rival in North Carolina in a double overtime come from behind thriller. Tell me about that game. Yeah, I think that that game was... um... I would say it tested my leadership the most out of any game I've played in. Um, And I say that because we had, aside from one other game that season, we had gone into the game. We, I mean, we'd been beating teams by a lot. We were super confident, like nothing really phased us. And I think playing in that game, we went down. It was like, I forget the score. It was like seven or eight to one. And it really tested, like, how we had to react. Like, we hadn't been down all season, pretty much. We hadn't been down all season. And everyone's looking at us. There's 10,000 people there watching. Um, All of our teammates, though, are looking at us. Okay, how are they going to react? Are they going to, like, pout? Are they going to get frustrated? And I remember just being there and being like, all right, I I have to – I had to be positive. I can't show any signs of like defeat, stuff like that. Um, but it was it was an emotional roller coaster, hundred percent. We were down by a lot. We came back, and then the overtime it was so back and forth. Every time that they got the ball, I thought they're gonna score. Like I was so nervous. Um, and uh, yeah, that was. I mean, I think that was the most exciting game I've ever been a part of or ever seen. Yeah, that has to be. I, I love watching teams come back. Especially because yeah. momentum is key. It's key in basketball, but it's also key in lacrosse. If you're scoring like three goals in a row, sometimes that just keeps going. And that's what you guys yeah. were able to do. Yeah, momentum is like everything in lacrosse. Absolutely. 
Unfortunately, after that game, you come up short to Maryland again in the title game. That has to be so frustrating to make it to three title games in a row, but not win one. Yeah, no, it was hard. It was extremely frustrating. Um, but I do believe we did everything we could, and sometimes it just doesn't really, I don't know, it's not meant to be, I guess, but I learned a lot from just being in those games, and um, I know BC will win a national championship soon, for sure, and I can't wait to watch it happen. Oh, absolutely. That that program is still very successful. Yeah. Honestly, it doesn't take away from the incredible career you and your teammates had. And I really hope that you're still able to appreciate all you've accomplished. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, we talked about it all the time. My fifth year, the girls in my grade, it was just like our team just appreciates us so much. And it's like everyone did it. We all did it together, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I think our team is just so um, our team was just so appreciative of like how quickly we were able to kind of turn the program around. Um, and it was obviously it wasn't just us; it was the coaches, everyone. But it, it's really cool because when I got to BC, we weren't winning, we weren't beating any ACC teams. Maybe Virginia Tech, but even even them, it was hard to beat them. And then um, to have a few years later, being the national championship three years in a row, I think, was really, really cool for to be a part of. Absolutely. You should be so proud that you helped build that program to where they're at today. Yeah, definitely really proud. Your senior year, you win, or your redshirt senior year, I should say, you win BC's Female Athlete of the Year. Do I have that right? Was that in 2019 or 18? Yeah, that was, that's right. Okay. Oh, no. Um... It was like, I, I forget what the, because Sam won the Eagle of the Year Award, mm-hmm. which is like the female athlete. Um, and then I won like, I, I forget exactly which one I won. Like most valuable or something. Okay. And I believe it's 2017 you won the ACC Athlete of the Year, Female Athlete of the Year. Oh, yes, yes. I question yes. how you didn't get that every year. <laughs> <laughs> So in 2019, you get drafted into the WPLL, the Women's Professional Lacrosse League. And uh, as we said before, you and two other BC teammates went one, two, three. You were drafted third. And hardly anyone can say they were drafted into two different professional leagues. That's just something that you'll always have. Yeah, no, it was so special. I mean, especially when to have Sam and Dempsey get drafted one and two and then me third. It was it was just Super. We were at the ACC tournament at the time, and we all were just facetiming each other, congratulating each other, and um, it was really special to be able to share that with them. Wow! So they don't even wait until the season's over; they do it at the final four, or at, I'm yeah. sorry, at the during the yeah. season. They did it. Yeah, they did it like a, a few weeks before the final four. I think. Hmm. I think it was. I know. Yeah, I don't know why they do that. Weird. You do play in this professionally. You play for the New England Command. You played last summer. How was your yeah. first season? It was so much fun. I think uh, the style of play it definitely allows for quicker transitions, and you're kind of, you're kind of just moving at a faster pace. Uh, you don't really have any practices with your team because there aren't isn't much time. But whereas lacrosse, you have plays, set plays, and you know everything is strategic. Um, 
the professional league. It's more just kind of you're making stuff up as you go. And I was playing with some of my idols and against my idols. So and against my idols growing up. So I mean, it was every weekend was so exciting for me. That's awesome. Was it weird being on the opposite team as Sam and Dempsey and having to play against them? Yeah, it was. It was definitely. It was. It was hard because I mean I love playing with them so much. So, um, but it was funny. Dempsey, her team won the uh, the championship at the end of the season. Oh, nice. And nice. she was like, "Oh, I finally won a championship." So, joke <laughs> <spoke> about. <laughs> ah. And you're also now an assistant coach for the lacrosse team at Harvard. How did that come to be? Um, actually, uh, so. After college, or even in college, I didn't really expect I was going to be a, become a coach. Uh, but then after I graduated, I was playing um, in the WPLL, all of them. They were all coaches. And at the time, I was actually, I created my own, like, camps and clinics for younger girls. Um, and so after I did that, after I did a bunch of individual lessons. I really um, changed my mind and I really enjoyed working with these girls, seeing them improve, seeing them listen and uh, just working with them in general. And so at one of the tournaments, um, the WPLL tournaments, one of my teammates, Becca Block, she actually coaches at Harvard and they were looking for another assistant. She was like, would you ever coach at Harvard? And I was like, I don't know, like maybe. And then a couple of weeks later, um, I agreed to come on for the year. So that's actually how it came about. But long story short. <laughs> nice. Very cool. How yeah. are you liking coaching? I know it's kind of a weird question to ask because your first season was cut short due to the, the coronavirus. But how was it? It was awesome. I, I mean, I learned so much just every single day from Devin Wills, who's the head coach, Becca Block, the other, other assistant, um, and then, like, all of the the girls in the team. Uh, and, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was so sad when our season got cut short because I think we were we were going to have a great season. We were Our momentum was really strong um, right before everyone left. Well, luckily, everyone is able to come back because they gave everyone an extra year, which is really nice that the NCAA did that and obviously the right thing to do. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So our seniors actually, there's, yeah, they all um, had really good jobs lined up. So they ended up not taking the fifth year and they are in the real world now. But I know I would have loved for them to come back. Oh, that's true. You're working at Harvard. These <laughs> smart kids. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> They've had a job taking their up. six figure jobs and getting out of there. Yeah, of course. Don't blame them. <laughs> Yeah, no, not at all. Um, but obviously, you know, an assistant coach is always working. So what have you been doing during this quarantine? Yeah, it's been it's been weird because um, we were go, go, go for so long. And then now it, it slowed down so much. Um, we do Zooms with our team once or twice a week. Um, and then we actually did a virtual clinic series type thing with um, – other like high school coaches and other college coaches to just keep the lacrosse talk going. But also um, we were able to give them some drills to do with their, maybe the club team or whatever team they're working with this summer. 
Um, and then we're actually going to do another one in a couple of weeks, but yeah, it's a lot of, um, we don't, we don't do much, honestly, there's not a lot to do right now. And we're also in a dead period. So we're not allowed to recruit. Um, so yeah, I, I can't wait to get back at it in the fall. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely an interesting time to work in sports because everything's up in the air. Right, exactly. I know. I, my fingers are crossed for the fall, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah, who knows? I'll keep my fingers crossed for you guys as well. Thank you. I appreciate that. Of course. Kenzie, I've had a great time talking with you. I like to end the podcast with a couple of fun questions. How does that sound? Sounds great. Awesome. All right. First question. You said you don't have a lot going on. So what TV show are you currently binge watching during this time? Ooh, uh, I just finished the Outer Banks. So I would, I would have to go with that one. That's a good one. I watched that. Yeah, it was. It's awesome. Next question. What is your favorite vacation spot? I'm sure you don't take many, but. Uh, my favorite vacation spot, my grandparents, um, have a house in Fort Lauderdale. So we, I get to go there at most once a year, but um, that's probably my favorite vacation spot. Oh, Fort Lauderdale's awesome. I've been there a bunch. Yeah. And actually my mom grew up in Boca Raton. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. yeah I probably won't cool. be going there anytime soon with the coronavirus, but uh, <laughs> it's a nice spot. Definitely not. Ain't <laughs> far away. For sure. All right, last question. If you could have dinner with one person, living or dead, who would it be? Ooh. Tough one. Uh, I know, I'm trying to think. Probably Serena Williams. I watched her documentary like a couple years ago when I was in college, and I thought, I mean, I just thought she has the strongest work ethic and is also just down to earth. And I don't know, I feel like I could learn a lot from you know, her, he, she, she's gone through a lot of ex- different experiences and I think it would be really, um, it would be awesome to talk to her. Yeah, absolutely. She's one of the greatest athletes, male, female, doesn't matter. She's sure. yeah. one of the best. Exactly. Kenzie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was so awesome talking with you, hearing about all the success you had in both sports. And honestly, one of the coolest things is how humble you are. Thank you so much, Bridget. Um, I had a great time talking with you. Kenzie, where can the listeners follow you if they want to check out what you've been up to? So my Instagram handle is Kenzie Kent, K-E-N-Z-I-E-K-E-N-T. Um, and then my Twitter handle is uncontrollable, U-N-K-E-N-T-R-O-L-A-B-L-E. That's a phenomenal Twitter handle. <laughs> I made it in like high school. (laughs) All right, Kenzie, be well. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. All right, everyone. That was my chat with Kenzie Kent. I hope you enjoyed it. What an incredible athlete, not only to play two Division I sports, but to help get both programs to multiple Final Fours. My favorite thing about her was how down-to-earth and humble she is. Makes it even easier to root for her. I'll be back soon to speak with another outstanding athlete.